Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. Having been a preacher for many, many years, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the, it's not pressure when it's gifting. I want to talk about gifting for a minute. It's not really pressure when it's gifting, but you got to know that there are days, there's the ebb and flow of life. There are days that you come in here and you're ready to, whoa! And then there are other days you say, well, I have to go. Anybody ever feel that? Maybe. Uh, well, and you don't have to, but I have to go. <laughs> and uh, it's just, you know, busy week, all that stuff. But, and I, and I'm, I'm just confessing this. I'm, I'm trying to get a message ready. And, but I'm telling you, it's not about the message. It really is. And the Lord just so graciously speaking to me this morning, he said, he said it really is about you. It's about you individually that are here. The message isn't about, you know, wow, what a great message. There's no great message if it doesn't touch you. We're not here to entertain or to say, whoa, you know, hit the buzzer because that was good and your chair turns around. You get voted in or out. It's not. That's not at all. There's sometimes when you when when uh, it's not nearly as eloquent, or somebody comes up here that doesn't have nearly the the whatever you know the practice, and they speak a word that is God's word to you, and that makes the difference. And uh, so so you know I'm just wore out from the week, and you know. All the stuff going on, and, and I get here, and I'm telling you what I don't think very many of you understand, that I want you to understand, that there is more that goes on spiritually in our fellowship. And I'm ta- when I'm talking fellowship, I'm talking about just that moment that you and I connect or you connect with your brother or your sister. When you, when you come alongside somebody, there is a spirit-to-spirit connection to those that are in the body of Christ that lifts us up without a word, you know, not no profound word, just that, hey, one of the incredible, the, the worst thing, I think, there's all kinds of disease. And some of you have suffered it. The ravages of cancer and, 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 and different things that have just taken your strength. And, and you know, Paul, you're a wonder, constant, you know, uh, but coming back. And why in the world are you here? No, you don't, you don't know. He, he, just, he just drove, he come back from Boston. There were just... You know, just one thing. But I'm not saying why are you here on the earth, but why are you here in church this morning? Why would you, after such an incredibly, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm just exhausted thinking about it. 
right? But he goes from uh, St. Peter's to, uh, uh, to Boston, procedure, you know, the pressure, all of this stuff, and he says, I'll see you Sunday. And he does that. He does that all the time. The last time he got out of Boston, he's, they had a, a home fellowship group. He left the hospital and went to a group. Now, either he is absolutely star raving mad, or he knows something. Or he knows something. There's something that is so vitally important to that precious fellowship that goes on. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the idea, well, I don't need it. You, you I'm, I am not even going to belittle it by trying to be funny. Uh, uh, but that's just wrong, and I want God to give revelation to you this morning uh, about how important it is and how vital it is. If you're talking about, if you read that book, The Bait of Satan, and you stepped into a trap, which all of us step into the trap, right? Uh, and, and, And all of us have offenses in our life or have had them. But you can go back. It's not like you pass that Y and you can flip that lever at any time. God, can, God makes that uh, uh, way of escape appear at any point in your life. It's not like you got to backtrack. It's like today you got a choice to make. But if you're sitting here in a fence, what happens when you're offended? You, you, typically what goes on, and if you like being offended and you like staying there, then you will isolate yourself. Because in isolation, you can take can continue down that road, but when you choose fellowship, when you choose fellowship, I just there there is something that transpires. Fellowship, I and I love you coming here on Sunday, but this cannot be the sum total of fellowship because it really isn't. You know, there is something that transpires to those that are in that relational mode that are in, that we're in constant fellowship. There's some of you that we're constantly connecting. And so when I see you again, it's not like something, you know, oh, there you are. It's like, yeah, I've been there all the time. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 uh, and so that, there is just that spirit-to-spirit ministry that goes on. I'm telling you, you just mark this down. You ever do this? I do every once in a while. When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, Lord, and I, you write this. When you get there and you say, was there something really super spiritual about fellowship? Did you really? Do? Watch what he says to you. You think, ah, no, it's not important. I'm telling you, it is as vital a part of the body of Christ. Are we in the body of Christ or not? So cut your foot off and put it in the parking lot. See what happens. Take a part of you out and just, yeah, I don't need to be connected. We need one another. The, 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 again, and I, I, I kind of went off on a tangent here. I forgot my main point. The idea of the disease and the sickness that so many, scares so many of us. And, and, you know, if it happens, let me tell you something. One of the very worst things that could ever be in your life is for you to be alone. 
And I mean alone. I know there's some of you that are single and you live alone, but because you live alone doesn't need, mean that you need to be alone. Because there are some people that are married and got big families and they are alone. Okay. I believe especially in the fellowship of the body of Christ. You being alone is a choice that you make. You don't have to be alone. God has made a way for you. But what happens is that fellowship, if you're going to bring your offense and your carnality and your sinfulness into that fellowship without repentance... And without a desire to change in direction, we're not looking for perfect people. But we want you to be going the same direction because that's what brings fellowship. People of like, precious faith is what First Peter said. And I am way out of order, but let me, uh, as far as my notes, but this is the way he said, Simon, or Second Peter 1 and 1, a bondservant apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are friends that I have. Jesus was a friend of sinners. And I'm, I, there's people, and I told you years ago, I was going to go find some sinner friends. And I found them. And they're good folks. And I love them. But I don't have the fellowship with them that I do have with those that are of like precious faith. Our faith is something that unites us. You cannot be... Uh, uh, in, in that fellowship just because we have good coffee or because Glenn buys some incredible pastries every week. I mean, it's a good reason to be here if you need some coffee and pastries. But the idea of that spiritual ministry that goes on, it's because of a precious faith in my life that I deem the most valuable thing that, that, that I know is that relationship with God. And I connect with people that have that same faith. And when there are those people, and I, and I say it again, not perfect people. For crying out loud, I, I know some of your stories. Some of you, you know, you come in here as carnal as a log. You were just, I mean, but what happened was there was a direction you were going. And so what do you do? Yeah, you get together with some folks, they're going to flat out offend you. But if they're going in a direction towards God, there is grace and there is mercy, there is long-suffering, there is kindness, there is gentleness, there's all those attributes that Christ has poured into my life that we pour into one another's life because a tender plant has to have a very specific climate to thrive and grow. And you can get that here. I, I'm telling you, you can get that here. But also you can get that iron sharpening iron. And and it just this is a great this is a I'm talking personal experience not because I'm the pastor and I got to pump up the church I'm telling you I come in here and I feel that ministry 
And it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's because of the unity of the Spirit that's here. So let, let, me, let me get into my notes and tell you what I was really going to say. First John chapter 4, verse 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Say that with me. There is no fear in love. I am not here trying to project or promote fear. Because if you truly have that understanding of the goodness and the grace of God and the absolute completed work of the cross of Christ and the power of His blood, there is no fear of judgment. I stand here and shake my head from time to time at my life and say, Lord, you are so incredibly gracious, continually gracious. And, and, and I'm, if I, in, in this stage of my life, this isn't, hasn't always been because there was a time I was preached to that God was just ready to judge and ready to condemn, and I walked in condemnation, but I cannot find condemnation in my life today. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you that is where it is. Even when I fail, I go, when I go to him, it, it is so incredible because of the love of God that I absolutely know. I'm not making that up. It's what I know. There's no fear in love. And it says, because perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. My point, before I say anything else, is what I'm talking about is you embracing the love of God. When you embrace the love of God, then fellowship becomes just something that we do. It's natural. If you never embrace the love of God, I'm telling you what I know from the way my family was. There's too many people that are performance-based. It's how much you do or how good you do it and how much better you do it than somebody else. It's how much you give or don't give. And, and it's all about outperforming or just, you know, uh, this whole idea of performance. And when you are loved, it takes that completely away. I don't have to perform for him to love me. Well, good, that makes it, free. you're free to do whatever you want. No, but because he loves me, I have found myself to love him. And because I love him, now I, out of relationship. There's things that I have that I do or don't do, not out of fear, but out of love. If Christianity to you is a bunch of rules and regulations, you don't have a clue. But if it's something that you have found him to just, uh, that, that love of God in your life and the understanding, then man, oh man, living for him. Getting rid of an offense is not about, uh, uh, you know, well, I don't want to be lost. It's not about that. It's, God, I want to be 
what you're asking me to be. I want to do that out of love. So, so, all right, so if you love him, that love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We end up loving one another, right? True or not true? I don't love you because I'm just so such a great guy. I, I, I do love you because he first loved me. And that love is shed abroad. So why, you know, I love God, I just hate people. You got a problem. Uh, you know, I love God, I like being around him, but I don't like being around you. Seriously, you have a problem. Yeah, because the idea of that fellowship becoming an integral part of our spiritual life, growth, our wholeness, it absolutely, I am here to tell you, it is, a, it is essential. I believe that. But I'm saying this not out so that, you know, you that are out not in fellowship, oh, I'm afraid. Don't, I'm not saying it so you are afraid. I'm saying it so that you understand the love of God. You shouldn't do this out of fear. Oh, I got, I got, to, I got to come to the men's meeting because if I don't, I'm going to go to hell. How many times have you heard that if you're raised in any church like I was? We were beat to death. Like, man, oh, man, we're barely going to make it. It was, that was just, that was evil. It really was evil. And, and so the idea of, of uh, there's no fear in love, but perfect love. I want you to know the perfect love that casts out fear. Fear of not being accepted. Fear of, you know, what are they going to think of me? You know, we can bust on one another all the while. But I, you know, and I know not everybody thinks I'm as great as I really am. Let that sink in for a minute. But I got to tell you this. Jesus thinks I'm pretty cool. Why? I have no idea. He, but it, but I'm in his image, whatever. I'm going to tell you, Jesus thinks a lot about you. He thinks you're somebody. That's why I say the, get, the, the message, it's not about the message, it's about the person. That's why, this is a side note for all of you that are gifted, or all of you that are operating outside of your gift. If you're out, operating outside of your gift, which we've had people do that before, it's about the task that's before you. The task is the most important thing. You've got to do a good job. You've got to do the right thing. If you're operating in your gifting, then your gifting is about everybody. You're going you're gonna to be a great administrator because you, those administrative gifts are going to bless people. You're going you're gonna to be great in, in, in your singing, not because you want to you know, be the star but you're doing it because you want to be a blessing to people. Everything, when it's gift-driven, when you're, when you're in a performance mode, then, then it's all about the task, and it's never that. Not in the kingdom. All right, so this is really the point. Uh, we talked last week, and I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but that there is a uh, bodily exercise of prophets little. It's in First Timothy chapter number 4. It says, uh, 
but reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. What does it mean to exercise yourself towards godliness? What are godly exercises? You know, you can lift weights, get on the treadmill. Uh, you know, how many are getting exercise equipment for, for the holidays this year to use as clotheslines later on? But there are, some, there are some people that are very consistent in their exercise. As you can tell, I am too. Um, but the idea of, of just the consistency brings about some strength. But what are godly exercises? And, and we're going to talk about a few of them. And I told you last week, worship is a godly exercise. You know, when we're up here, I love seeing these young people. I, I think we ought to have is it, the over 60 crowd on this side. Middle-aged in here, let the young people so we don't get hurt if they're jumping up and down. But we ought to worship. It is an exercise in godliness. It's, it is something. There's other things. Prayer is a godly exercise. We give ourselves opportunity to exercise those attributes and, and, and those spiritual strengths in our life. We, we have prayer meetings. We get together. Uh, we're gonna, we do a quarterly fast. Say, I can't do it. Well, you can do something. You know, say, you, you go by the, the, the barbells at the gym and you got that Yahoo that's bench pressing 400 pounds and it's like, oh, I can't do it. Well, pick up 10 pounds. Don't tell me you can't. Well, if you can't, pick up a pound. What happens, we have trainers here. They'll help you. But the idea of, of, of we look at somebody and we compare ourselves to whoever who's just, you know, this incredible spiritual giant. They can do all kinds of stuff, and therefore we pick up nothing. Don't do that. Do what, do what you can do, and I'm telling you what, you give that to God and you watch what happens over time. You know, you've, you've listened to some people that pray. And, and it's like, wow, I can't never pray like that. Well, you didn't hear them when they started praying, right? You, you, you didn't know how to pray. You remember when, I remember one time I was in a prayer meeting and I was for an hour saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I stopped for a minute. The Lord said, are you going to start praying? I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, that hurt. What were you doing? I was just, I was out there just talking. <laughs> Wasn't talking to him, but I was trying. But I put myself in a position for him to speak, and I learned a little bit more about prayer. And and so and and nobody come up alongside me and said, "What are you doing?" Because there was an atmosphere of grace. So exercising yourself. So what I want to talk about in the next three minutes, it was supposed to be my whole message, is. The idea of fellowship, how that is a spiritual exercise. I guarantee you, if it wasn't for like precious faith, there's probably a few of us here together that would never have connected. Right? They're just, our fellowship is because of him. And so there are varying ideas of life and, you know, things that are our, our passion in this world that 
that we don't connect in at all, but because we're connected in the beloved, then, then there is a fellowship that's absolutely a part of us, a part of our being. And, and, and to put yourself in a position to uh, be around those of like precious faith is, a, is important. You don't realize what, it, what is uh, uh, transmitted. At. I don't know the right word, there, but there is a, something that happens without a word being spoken. And uh, uh, here, here's, what, here's what it said in Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> the, I, which I believe Acts chapter 2 was the very first time the gospel was preached in the New Testament. In fact, the apostles, I think it's Acts chapter 11, they called the day of Pentecost the beginning. They said, man, they received the Holy Ghost just like we did at the beginning. They, they didn't call the, the, uh, the resurrection the beginning. They didn't call the crucifixion the beginning. They called the outpouring of God's Spirit in the birth of the church. That's when the church was born. And so Peter gets up and he preaches a message that was probably one-tenth as long as the one I'm preaching today. And 3,000 souls were added to the church. I ought to put that in the equation someday, but not today. But he gets up, and he he preaches, and he preaches the new birth. He preaches water and spirit, being born born again. He preaches being uh, repenting of your sins and, and, and being baptized in the name of Jesus and being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which I still believe is the message. I believe that. But he didn't stop there. He goes on and says, uh, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. How many believe we're living in a perverse generation? Come on. You know, we can blame it on political figures, and we can blame it on this party or that party. But I'll tell you what, it is the absolute rejection of God in our culture, and the lack of people being in fellowship with one another when the Internet and Twitter and X and, and uh, you know, all of the entertainment industry takes over and, and substitutes for your fellowship. Does it or does it not? Come on, we can be so busy with stuff and just because the Scripture says in the last days, Evil seducers would wax worse and worse. We're being seduced all the time. All the time. And I'm telling you, it's a lot easier if you're offended at a program that you can shut it off. But when you're in a fellowship, you know what I mean? There's some time. But what happens is God's given us the ability to take that offense and know how to handle those things. But he, So here, here's how it, he says... Let us uh, hold fast or be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day. About 3,000 souls were added to them. Then they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You know, our doctrine is important. How do you mean to know? You know, it's important what you believe. believe. To believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he died according to the Scriptures, that he rose again. I mean, that's important stuff. 
the, the apostles' doctrine they established in a church, but the very next thing is that they didn't just listen to doctrine. It wasn't God love you. It wasn't just podcasts. You can get all kinds of stuff. It wasn't just reading a book. It was that spirit to spirit. They were steadfast in fellowship. The advantage that they have over us in that day is they didn't have 1,000 channels on their TV with nothing on anyway. They didn't have iPads and iPhones and, and being pulled at their, their, that fellowship, it, that was their life. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'm not telling you it's all bad, but I tell you what, it's not all good, right? Because there's some things you cannot get unless it is that fellowship and the idea of that in our lives. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm not saying it out of fear. If this is not your home, church, find one. You know, if you go somewhere else, find one. Why? Because we're living in a day, uh, Jeremiah said it. He said it, 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 well, in war, you think about the warfare that goes on, especially in the old times, but they'd go, uh, uh, two armies would line up, and they'd send the footmen in first, kind of soften things up. And then after people are getting wore out, then in comes the horsemen. And Jeremiah said, he said, if the footmen have wearied you, he said, what are you going to do when the horsemen show up? And what I'm telling you is there is a spiritual battle that's going on around us. And, yeah, it's intense, but it's, going, it's not going to get easier for us. What it's going to need is you need to get strengthened by spiritually exercising yourself to godliness. And I'm going to talk about more things. Fellowship is one of them. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to we give you, can you imagine we sit up here for 10 minutes and talk about all the opportunities for fellowship? Why? Because we want to eat brisket? Okay. All right. Well, maybe. <laughs> all right. So some of you are coming for the brisket. You know, the, the idea, um, for crying out, how many Christmas parties do we need? I'm just... I, all of them. Exactly. Why? Because, well, it's about a Christmas party. No, it's not. It's about you. It's not about the event. It really is about you. And you coming alongside, and, and it might be that one event. There's some of you that are here because we had a Christmas party. You come alongside, and the fellowship drew you in. And I'm going to say this. Let me, let me just, I'll read this, and then I'll. Close it. Stand with me. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope. This is Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Let me read it again. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, or the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, say so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I got to tell you what, there are days that I don't need 
I feel like I don't need your fellowship. Do you ever feel that? I'm okay. I don't need it. But if I if but if it's about you, if it's the love of God, there are uh, those times when it's like, man, I would rather. I love when it gets dark so early. I can have my pajamas on at five with no condemnation. It's like, oh, get, do I have to get dressed again to go to a men's meeting? I don't think so. I don't need it. But you know what? If it's not about me, the problem with so many is Christianity. It's about you rather than being about others. What if we need your fellowship? What if somebody might need, you know, that word that I might have? I don't know. Not Nothing profound. But the idea of, well, I don't need anything. Well, it says, it says here in Hebrews, and let me read it one more time. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. In consumer Christianity, all you consider is, well, how good is it? How good's that? How good's the message? How good's the music? How good's the coffee? How good's this? And you consume, consume, consume. I'm just telling you, not out of fear, because I love you. The day's coming that consumer Christianity is not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just not. The world's going to overtake you. But if you're here, and that fellowship is so essential, and, and you want to provoke somebody to love and good works, you're talking about the love of God. So today, Father, as we enter into a season of great fellowship, I speak your grace and your goodness upon us. I speak your love, not out of fear. Father, I don't fear your judgment because I know you've already taken that. But today, Lord, if there's somebody here that has not, uh, God, relied on you and trusted in you and, 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 and asked you to forgive them, Lord, let it be today. Let it be today in, in, their, in their brokenness that they would just cast all their cares on you. All their sin, all, Lord Jesus, their offense. So that when they come in fellowship, when we come in fellowship with one another, we can provoke and, and build up and love. God, that we can exercise ourselves to godliness and the day that we live, that we could stand against what the enemy would bring upon this world. Jesus, I speak your health and spiritual strength upon the body of Christ right now, upon my brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. As we sing, if you need prayer, I believe the prayer of faith will save the sick. If you want to come down and just... Confess your sin not to me, you do it to him. But well, we want to be stand beside you. If you want to pray for a loved one, come on down. We want to pray with you and just agree together. My faith and your faith together will move heaven. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. 
and remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.